Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Lee Dixon, title winner with Arsenal, joins us. We decided to get him in because you'd like an early start, Lee. I do love an early start. I'm still on English time, so I'm fine. OK, Lee's fine. Everyone else exhausted. Something about this Liverpool team that this year, this season certainly, gets the job done somehow. Two weeks running now, Rebecca. Liverpool have not been at the best. Um, Chelsea away last week, Sheffield United away today. Six points. Last season, if we had two games when, Chelsea, when Liverpool weren't at the best... They got a point apiece. They drew too many games, seven games. They're turning those situations into winning situations. And going back, Man United under Ferguson found a way. Jose Mourinho's Chelsea found a way. Arsene Wenger's Arsenal found a way. And that's what gets you titled. That's what Liverpool are doing. And that's why when the whistle went, you went, I love that. <laughs> Didn't you? I mean, I, fair play to Sheffield United. They played superbly well. They really pushed him back. They... they, they put their game on top of Liverpool and they were unlucky in the end but I just love the fact that you can go there against a really hostile environment the weather before the game all of that sort of stuff and he, Klopp will take more enjoyment out of that particular result today than any of the other this season and I, and I include all the wins the easy games the playing brilliant football because they ground that out today and that was a, that was a championship winning performance when we look back at the end of the season if they do go and win it this game will come up you have to feel for Dean Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good game with so many bad plays in it. There's bad plays everywhere throughout the game. Dean Henderson, of course, more than nine times out of ten, he makes that save. Leon Clark probably scores more than nine times out of ten. You've got Mo Salah missing chances. So do Manny missing opportunities. I get what the boys are saying, but Jurgen Klopp won't want some of that slackness, opportunities given up, poor finishing... I mean, can't, they can't be great all the time in the front three. Of course they can't. But today wasn't a great day for the front three. They benefited from a goalkeeping mistake from Sheffield United. They take the three points. Absolutely, I get it. But not, they sh- they, they've got to realise they've got to be sharper in front of goal um, because they won't get that bit of good fortune every week. You have to go to those places, mm. though, Musty. You have to go to those really bad performances and then, and then learn something from yeah. it. If you're winning every week and everything's mm. too easy, when, when, when you pull the plaster off now and again, you go... What's that? You know, yeah. what's happened? Mm. Right. How do we deal with that now? Yeah. Yeah. And they've had a game like that today. So right. when it, in a few year, weeks' time, when the form picks back up, they start winning games, they'll remember this result for yeah. when they're not playing. To, well. to pick them up, mm. to yeah. make sure that when Mana gets chances again, which he normally does all the time, he sticks in the corner of the net so it becomes more of a comfortable game than that mm-hmm. was. As long as they go out of form but they're still winning, that's yeah, okay. right. Okay. Absolutely. Jorginho Wijnaldum with the slightly fortunate winner for the Premier League leaders at Sheffield United. Liverpool have now made it 16 straight Premier League wins on the spin. Let's hear from Jurgen Klopp. But first, here's the Sheffield United boss, Chris Wilder. 
Chris, that must be heartbreaking. So much to be proud of and the, the game turns on one error. I'm not bothered about the pride bit. I'm bothered about the result. We need to pick points up. And Liverpool had, a, had an off day, whether that was our shape or our attitude towards the game or these things happen in football. You know, they consistently win games of football, been outstanding for two or three years, but I feel we've, we've, uh, we've missed an opportunity to, to get a big result today. And, uh, and the, uh, that's been in our change room that that's happened. Did you, so you're frustrated by the fact that you lacked a little bit of creativity, a little bit of rhythm, a bit of tempo. You seem to be agitated on the touchline. I'm frustrated now, not anymore. Half time, we spoke about it. That's, uh, that's how it is. You have to. It's, it's like I think we started well, and but then again, you you, know, you have to do the same things again and again and again, and they do the same things. But they enjoy doing the same things, and for us, it's more uh, again passing that ball, passing that ball. So it starts with the centre halves, body language, how we get, the, how we take the ball, how we pass the ball, how hard it is, how how the tempers of the and all that's the, the things. So there, there are little things, but yeah, we. Um, we had then on the other side. We had really to to make sure for the counter attacks that we are um, that we are ready for that, and it's difficult. They they, they throw everything in. They have to throw strikers. And they, they really work incredibly hard for these moments. Not too many players involved then, but these two are, are really a, are a threat. Um, didn't happen too much with it. We, we defended well, but that changed a little bit. You know, you lose one ball, and they are again there. So this, that's the situation. I'm I'm really fine with the game. I'm not overly happy, but I'm completely fine. I, I know games like this was always clear will happen. Usually, you you draw a game like this, or and you lose it maybe with a set piece. But um, we were concentrated absolutely over 95 minutes um, for set pieces, which is very important. They are really strong in that. They have like six, seven different routines. So the boys were really spot on. And we didn't play our best football. Sorry for that, but um, we still won. That's OK. We forgive you, Jurgen Klopp. He says he's not overly happy, but really he's fine. And actually for the players, that's the perfect reaction, isn't it, from their manager after what wasn't a brilliant day? Well, what makes you happy is when you look at the top of the table, seven games, seven wins, 21 points. What he did say there, and I thought was quite key, is he said... We had to start to enjoy doing some of the hard things in the game, chasing the ball, running it down. We talked about the weather and the atmosphere and all those things. If they're going to win the title, Liverpool, it's not just going to be about brilliant football. It's just not going to be about the, the front three having great days. They're going to need three or four more days like today to get themselves out of the scrape, Lee. And they, they did that today. I, I thought it was impressive. Alexander Arnold's a perfect example today. He, he, pr he probably had his worst game for Liverpool mm. I've seen for a long time, giving the ball away, sloppy with his crossing. If he plays just below par and you don't really notice it, you can go through weeks with him, with him just going through the motions like that. If he has a game like that, his manager's on him, his players are on him. Mm. He'll be getting... He, Next game he plays, you have a watch how well he plays. He's had a little, little bit of a tap and he's, you've got to get the standards that you had before. And good performances, centre-backs, Van Dijk and Matip, midfield players. It's, it's a day when they needed those guys to do their job. It wasn't a great day for the front players, but the midfield did the same kind of work as normally, normal. And Matip and, and uh, Robertson, I thought, made a couple of blocks as well. So mm. we know Liverpool's a strong team. Mm. They needed other parts of the team today to help get the three points. Robbie Musto, from Liverpool's perspective, why this season do you believe, because I know that you do, that yeah. it'll be different for them? Uh, listen, for sure there's going to be some scars from last season's the lead that they had. I think it was seven points, almost ten points at one point. So there's going to be some scars, but... The confidence that they will get as a group, as a, as a club and as a team from winning the Champions League, the fact that they're as determined as any other team in the Premier League, more so, I believe, to win this title. It's the one that the fans want, the players want, the club really wants this Premier League title. And the fact that when you see them in the first six or seven games now, 
They're at the best. The front players are scoring goals, assisting goals defensively. Strong. Will get stronger, more familiar. Midfield options that we haven't seen yet in, in Cater uh, and Oxley chamberlain that could add something a little bit different. I think they're going to be better this season and we'll have enough to win the title. I agree with most of that. Uh, I think I said yesterday that there's almost a, a difference about Liverpool this season. You can almost smell it. And, you know, it's something untangible that they seem to have. But, and I think that, but I don't know it. And that's the point. The whole point about this is the Champions League victory is big for them. No, make no mistake about that. But it's still not winning the Premier League. You know, it's, it's still not getting over the line in that respect. And from that point of view, it becomes a thing. And the pressure's going to come on them again. And I still don't know whether they can withstand that pressure as good as they were last season. And the 38 game, it's a draining thing to go for a, for a championship. Champions League is great. It's short and sharp. It's dragged out. But the, the games you have to win are different. And I think it, that's, that's the telling point. We don't know. Look, you've won four of them. I get the sense this time around with Liverpool... There's less fixation on Manchester City. They don't care what City do. They don't care that there's injuries at the back, that Stones isn't there, that company's not gone. It looks to me as though that Liverpool group look round that dressing room and go, we've got enough in here to win a title. Forget everybody else. Does that give you enough confidence? When, when Man United are chasing you or, or, or Chelsea are chasing you or whoever it was? Does... No, because it, it, we're still seven games in. We're looking at it from, from the point of view now of going, yeah, they are forgetting about Man City. They're doing their thing. But they've, they've got all this stuff waiting around the corner in 20 games' time when they're still in the same position, when the five points is starting to go to three points. It's all going to come on them again. It's how react, they react then. And we still don't know. You... Until, you've won, yeah. until you've won it, okay. then you can go, yeah, we've it, we've fallen back on it, and it's a big. Th- it is a big thing. It becomes a thing in the dressing room. But Lee, and could, all- couldn't you say of last season the big thing was getting over the line? And yeah. Jurgen Klopp's done great work at Liverpool, and they're looking great, and everything's looking good. But they haven't won anything. They get they got over that line. Mm. Doesn't that persuade you at all that you know big games, crucial moments, massive games? They come through big moments to win a major title. Isn't that mm. going to help them feel that they can get over the line? Absolutely help them. It doesn't make it happen, though. And th- as I said, that 38 game, it, it drains every single ounce of energy you've got when the pressure comes on. Towards the end, you have to dig deep. The skipper, Tony Adams, will come in and he'll say to us, I need you for six weeks. He looked around the dressing room and he looked in our eyes and he said, six weeks, give me six weeks of your life right now and we'll win the league. We've there's bought in Liverpool leaders, by the way, to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but games like yesterday, Lee, mm-hmm. are they kind of part of... The evidence why it might be correct changing. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't brilliant, and but I they to, dug deep and absolutely. they found a way. And I have to be that, play the, you know, mm-hmm. the devil's yeah, advocate, because yeah. I've got to be that thing, because mm-hmm. otherwise we all get carried away with it and go, they're going to win it, they're going to win it. So much work to do, and they know that. Pessimistic defenders as well. <laughs> but, but, Lee, just to get carried away one more step for the Liverpool yeah. fans out there, you've, been, you've played at Anfield many, many times. If they do do it, what oh. does that look like? The, 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 the whole of the sky is going <laughs> to cave in around Liverpool. It's going to be the atmosphere. Oh. It's going to be... They want this so much. They really do. Well, I think you, you get, in football clubs you have certain areas that you think are stable. There might be a, a bit of unrest with a player who's not in the team. There might be something going on with the manager, um, with the chairman, with the owners. It seems like everything's going on at all departments at Tottenham. The way that they're playing on the pitch, there seems to be unrest. The... the uh, 
the captain, um, Harry Kane, is saying certain things. Uh, players are, are not happy with signing contracts. There seems to be unrest with the, the pay system. The, there's no part of that. I think the, the players are quite relieved to get on the pitch at the moment because that's the only place that they're not getting pelters. They're still fourth in the league, but you, you, just, you can start to see the cracks appearing on the pitch now. They don't seem as strong as they have been. And the unity, once you lose your unity, you guys know, you lose your unity in any that department around the dressing room. And, and it's... Isn't the tone of a football club set by the manager? Mm -hmm. And at times, Pochettino this season, it's been a bit flaky for me, for me yeah. Lee. And, and I'm a Poch lover. I think he's a great coach. I love what he's done at this football club, Rebecca. I want him to grab this club now and unite it and stop all the noise and, and put some of the fires out and start playing their football. They're still fourth in the league, 11 points. The, the question is whether he can do that. This mm. is the first real wrinkle in his project at Spurs. Yeah. Can he get it back on track? Does he want to? Well, that's, Ooh, that's has, he, has he had a cycle? Or, or, or whether a cycle it's the end of, of, a, mm. of a project and, as Lee says, turmoil is going to lead to things breaking up. It's a really interesting next few weeks to see where we are yeah. with Spurs. Yeah, that's not a, a wrinkle. That's a big, <laughs> big crack yeah. appearing. yeah. So for the third Premier League game in a row then, Christian Pulisic was an unused substitute yesterday. Our very own Joe Prince-Wright caught up with the American after the match, pitch side at Stamford Bridge and got his thoughts on the situation. You can read about it on NBCSports.com. They discuss his lack of game time and also what Frank Lampard has said to him. Um, and I can give you actually some of those quotes right now from that article. He talked about how frustrating it was. He said to Joe, he said, I'll continue to work my hardest. Um, he said he hasn't been given any specific feedback. He's just got to continue to prove himself in training. Um, last week, Frank Lampard talked about the fact that he's had some good moments politics so far this season, but that he must do it on a daily basis. Robin Musto, Lampard says his time will come. Mm. You confident in that? I think he'll get opportunities, yeah. Uh, I think it's really interesting. He's got to prove himself at this football club. There's four other wingers there, some experienced ones, some younger ones. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi is back fit now, so there's a challenge there. What's more interesting to me is what you just read out about Frank Lampard and saying that he wants to see in training every single day. Frank Lampard, I'm sure was the sort of guy that came in and put in a great shift every day training-wise. He was a brilliant pro. I, it, it sounds like he wants to see that from, from young Pulisic. You train well every day and you show me you deserve to get some more minutes and you're going to get them. M massive uh, opportunity for the boy at the club. What he needs now is senior pros around him. So the manager's made a stance. He said, right, you need to work hard on training. You need to do this. is what I need of you. So he's kind of stepped back from him and he's saying, how is he going to deal with that? He needs a few of the senior players, Aspilicueta, Kante... Uh, even Giroud to, to actually get him, take him to one side and privacy and just say, this is tough. This is how the, this is how well, the dressing is. Is that a team like that, though? Is it a squad no, like that? Absolutely. That's what That's he needs. Whether he gets that, mm. because Frank's taken a stance with him, he's gone, right. He's not put his arm around. He said, this is what we need to do. He's gone, let me see what you've got. So he needs someone just in his ear just yeah. to take him to one side. You've, you've done well, that. If, if the Frank Lampard, if, if he was playing in a Frank Lampard team with, with, with Drogba, with, yeah. with Terry and that, I think he'd be playing more games. Mm -hmm. Chelsea at the moment have got so many players who are just about looking after themselves. Yeah. Abraham, Mount, you know, Tamuri, those, those Christiansen, they, aren't, they haven't got time to worry about anyone else. And Christian's going to have to learn back. He's, got to grow, he's going to have to grow up. He's going to have to be part of that dressing room. He's going to have to wait his time. His time will come. But when he gets opportunities, he has to show uh, that he's he, good enough he to be He won't have been the only international player to come into this league and take the time to sell. So he, 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 Cater he's, and Fabinho uh, There's plenty that take time example. to settle in the And he's league. just turned 21, yeah. we yeah. shouldn't forget. Lee Dixon, Robbie Master, Robbie Earl, join myself here in the boot room. And we thought, of course, having you here, four titles with the Gunners. Lee, 
you're so passionate, so articulate about this club, and we have so much to ask you and so much to get into. <laughs> We're going to begin with a couple of examples that Lee has picked out with regards, let's be honest, Unai Emery's management. And the first one is about tactical adjustment and tactical awareness during the game without the ball. Lee, take it away. Well, this is Liverpool. This is a throw-in, playing with a narrow midfield, narrow diamond. Got pressure on the ball, no big problem. If you just look at Pepe's position, should be five, ten yards towards the right so he can stop the ball out to the left back. Ganduzi's in a decent position, holding midfield, no reason to go anywhere. He decides to press the ball because the, basically the tactics are, are wrong. If you look at Pepe's run, he ends up making a 50-yard run. This is your centre forward into his own box to try and help with a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one situation. That's come from a throw-in, so that they don't know the system. Here's another example. You just look at the triangle. Got two players, no problem here. If you're going to play narrow midfield, you've got to have pressure on the ball. If you allow Mane to turn here, you're in trouble on the far side of the pitch. There's your narrow midfield. The ball out wide, Alexander-Arnold is in acres of space. Mane doesn't even have to hit it that quickly. He just pings the ball out. Back four, running back to its own goal. He's got no option, there's no pressure on the ball. In the end, Luis gives the free kick, penalty away. Bad tactics, bad execution of how the game should be played in midfield. If you don't know how to play that system, then you've got to say to the manager, do you know Gendouzi who's playing on the right side? He's got to say to the manager, I'm not sure whether I should go and get involved there. Jacques is an experienced player. He, ca he, can't, he can't govern the other players around him because he doesn't know the position he should be in himself. So there's a big problem, not just the back four. It's what's going on in front of the back four. Lee, that's amazing to me that mm. players mm. in the Premier League at a club like Arsenal <clears throat> do not know how to play the system and that the manager doesn't recognise that slash doesn't realise that. Well, the, the, the point about that was he, he didn't change the system in that game. We're going to show some clips in a minute of the Watford game where it was plainly, plainly obvious what they were getting. They were getting hit 2v1 down the sides. He didn't change it. He left Ozil on the pitch. So to me, he, I think he's caught in the headlights a little bit. He's trying to play a system of pressing and the players on the pitch don't know what they're doing. But it's plainly obvious that if you, if you haven't got somebody leading that and he hasn't got senior players on who know the system, we've mm. talked to Robbie, when, you know, when you were... When you were in a midfield, mm. you knew exactly where yeah. to go, exactly when to press. If you didn't do that, then you would get exposed in certain areas. There's got to be connection throughout the team. The team has to be compact. And I think what Lee's point's making there is that, that they're so different. Like, the forwards do the forwards' jobs. Defenders are back there to do their part. But the, the bit in between, which is so important to protect the back four, mm. that hasn't, been, that hasn't well, been consistent. And the players are a little bit unsure about when to press, when to stay wide, when to come now. And it looks Rob, a bit isn't messy. is that stuff you do... I'm, unless I'm getting this wrong, isn't that stuff you do every day, every week Absolutely. on training? Rebecca, I, when we do the systems here, and if it's 442, 433, you work from a, you'll go out at 10 o'clock, and sometimes you'll be working till, till, till 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you know your system. I know that Musto's there, I know that Lee Dixon's behind me, and do you know what that gives me? A comfort. That if the opposition have got the ball, I kind of know where everybody is. Could you say that the, he's changed the structure and the system so many times that maybe they haven't got it well, that, that, on the training that, ground? That is my point, Robbie. He said when you leave the training ground on a Friday for a game on a Saturday, every player goes home and they, they're with the families. They go to they go to sleep at night playing the game in your head. We all yeah, do it. Yeah. They know your system, know your jobs. You go to the pitch, and I don't have to worry about anybody when I was in that team. And yeah. I look around and go, I know what he's going to do, mm. as you quite like said. Now they're going on a pitch. Gendouzi, when he closed that ball down for the throw-in, he's thinking, I'm doing something good. I'm closing the ball down. He's got no clue what he's leaving. Nobody's told him 
Why are you running over there? Why are you leaving a position that's going to be more dangerous? Pepe reacts. He's not preventing, he's reacting to something that's happening. Mm. So all of a sudden it's a, it's a snowball effect. And the, the end game of that is your back four ends up retreating and running back. All the clips that we're going to show, back four ends up retreating because the midfield in front of them is, is all over the place. Well, let's show that next clip. You talked about it. The one against Watford. Mm. Game management, another key part of management. Absolutely. They go 2-0 up in this game. And it's, again, played a narrow midfield. The space is on the other side of the pitch. They've got five players ahead of the ball. That can't be right. The midfield is completely vacant. Xhaka's looking up the pitch. He's got to organise that from that midfield, say, don't all go at once. In the end, it's pinged out to the left. Dilafeu, who had a really good game, still four players in the opposition half. Back four has to drop off. In the end, they create another chance, probably should score on the edge of the box. But this is them with the ball, losing the ball. Again, they create a chance. This is at 2-1. They get into the box, they get the shot away. Just look what happens behind. Five players in the box, you might say trying to get 3-1. There's the five players. The midfield isn't too bad. They've got 4v1 at the back. No problem. Xhaka, again, holding that midfield of the pitch. Doesn't need to go anywhere. He can assess everything. He decides, the experienced player who's now captain, I'm just going to go and close down with that other guy. Look what happens behind him. He's got no clue what's happening behind him. Ball gets switched. In the end, look at the back four. Running back to its goal again. No chance. Luis makes a terrible title, but he's under pressure. He's been exposed from a chance at the other end. 70 yards later on, they're now giving a penalty away in the edge of the box. And that happened. I could have, I could have shown six clips like that. The amount of chances they're giving away in all of their games at the moment is embarrassing. Doesn't this frustrate Arsenal fans, Lee? Because the Arsenal uh, kind of looks like Arsene Wenger stuff, where there was very little insurance, if you like, in midfield. And it was kind of a little bit gung-ho. Attack, attack, attack defensively. You know, very poor. Everybody expected you know, Emery to come in and give them some structure, give them some aggression, get some high energy going, get some pressing going. We haven't seen it. No, and what's frustrating as well, you, if you look at like the Tottenham game, Gendouzi had a really good game and everyone's going, he's a great young player and he's got a huge amount of talent. But unfortunately, he's, he, nobody's tying him down, nobody's holding on to him, nobody's pulling him into areas, talking to him. And if you put that right, again, uh, Sabayas, you look at him, great on the ball, when against against Watford, when they had the ball, he, he didn't know where to go. He didn't so, know so no structure. Basically, we're not that much further on from Arsene Wenger. What we're basically saying, Lee, is that Unai Emery can't be doing his job. If we're seeing stuff like that, there is no security checks in front of that Arsenal back line. There's no body, no position that people get up against the wall. Oh, it's difficult to get to that back four. Yeah. You can just attack that back four. It, I mean, your back four was legendary. Mm. But in front of it, you had the Vieiras, you had people who wouldn't let you get there, and then if you did get there, there was you kicking and Tony Adams kicking jo in the vest. George Graham used to say to us, if the ball gets to my back four, you lot haven't done your job. Yeah, correct. That was the whole piece. He said, I right. want these guys to mm. play till the 35. Mm. Yeah. I went on and played till I was 38, <laughs> yeah. and I pushed, the, I pushed it a bit. But mm. we were all 36, Nigel Winterburn, yeah. Steve Ball, 34, Tony Adams, 35. Yeah. It, it was in a case where we got so much protection. Mm. And if you the longer you keep, and I'm using my hands and my shoulders as the back four, yeah. The longer you keep your back four in front of your goal like that, facing that way and mm. not running back to your goal, the longer you keep like that, the more chance you have of keeping the ball out of the net. That's a fact. Yeah. So when you get split mm. or you get attacked by people from in front of you with no protection, the holes appear and that's exactly what's happening. So doesn't, isn't there an emphasis, OK, the manager isn't doing it, the back four are in trouble. Doesn't someone like David Luiz go, Oi, Jacker, yeah. sit yourself here? Well, the answer to that question, Robbie, is no. 
because I've seen so many games, I've seen all the games this season, and every single game I look at David Luiz, doesn't say anything to Even anybody. International football. I look at Xhaka, who's now the captain, mm. looking around going, not Gendouzi, Gendouzi is five yards away from him at times, on really close. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Just push yeah. it. There's no talking going on, there's no organising. I think the players are confused, and that has to come from the manager. It has to come from the manager. Well, well the good news is there's five captains. <laughs> so what do you feel, Lee, about the players voting for captains? Second question, the winner, Granite Xhaka. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, of voting for captains, uh, but that's my personal right. It doesn't mean to say it's right. I just think that there's, there's natural leaders in the dressing room, in a dressing room, and it doesn't matter whether they're... Tony Adams or the or the Xhaka, there'll be some, and apparently he's very, really vocal in the dressing mm. rooms. He doesn't like lateness. He's got discipline about him. That's fine. I don't necessarily think it's his fault that he's getting stick from the crowd. I think I genuinely think he's not good enough to play at that level for Arsenal. He's, he's a good enough player. He's an international, but his captain skills are there to be seen at times. But people go, well, he's, he's not playing very well. He's making mistakes. I just don't think he's good enough. And so when you, when you take him as your captain, I think you, you're then saying to everybody else, he's the one who's going to lead. And he doesn't lead because he's not, he's not that type of leader. Look round at the dressing room elsewhere, you're struggling to pick some. That's the whole problem. OK, so what is the solution? Robbie, I'll start with you. Is the solution that Unai Emery is not the solution? Can I just throw a bit of a different angle in here? Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Lots of negativity about defensively, and, and Lee's absolutely right. We have the, the, the evidence there to, to see it. Now, this is a little bit devil's advocate. If you look at Liverpool and Manchester City, great teams now, they were built, I would say, from the front backwards. Mm-hmm. Would we agree on here that, mm. that the front players of Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil at some point, Pepe's been brought in as well, Tobias so in some ways. Mm. Is, is that a, an attacking set of players that could, could really do well? Forget everything else right now. Is it? I, 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 agree, with what, I agree with where you're well, going. It is. Uh, yes, but there's a caveat to that. that all the other teams you've mentioned had a better organisation. Might not be perfect. Mm. You're building from the front backwards. Right. But that backwards and that midfield, which is the right. key, right. Wasn't, as, wasn't as loose as, as this one is. But this, yeah. this one I, I, now, do you know where yeah. I'm going? I agree. Caveat two, because I agree yeah. with you, Lee, but caveat two is the other teams play those three players. Yeah, that's a good Salah, point. Firmino, yeah. Barney. Yeah. We he, see Lacazette on the bench. We see Sebastian on the bench. We see Ozil. We don't need, Ozil, one week's captain. Next week, not even involved. There's no consistency with that front three that go, we're going front and then we're yeah. going to build back, Rob. We, it's still yeah. not... He's unsure. I, I'm just that. trying to make the point uh, that, there's, good point that the there. hardest bit mm. of football is to create and Correct. score and Arsenal got Arsenal a lot of them. Yeah. Can, can they work backwards, which is, inarguably, which is arguably... Easier to do with more but you've holding got, and you, you, and have to the whole, you have to change the whole system regarding Correct. the back four. So the back, at the moment, the fullbacks, Maitland Niles on playing on the right, mm. and Tierney's a good player. What, whether he's a good player if he's got 2v1 running mm. at him every we'll week, see, it's a yeah. different question. Yeah. We'll find that out. Mm. Maitland Niles on the right has been absolutely slaughtered over the last few weeks about the positions that he's been taking up, and he's got mm. 2v1 every week. And, it, and it's, one of, it's one of those. One of those issues now that, that Emery's gone, well, I, I need to score goals because yeah. I know that a lot. The way he sets a team up, they, don't, they mm-hmm. cannot protect the it's big a, net this end. It's they a really interesting that point. End, that will never, in my book, that will never work. It's a really interesting point, Lee, because if you talk about Liverpool and we talk about their goals, you talk about City and we talk about the goals, mm. Liverpool's best attack, defenders are those front three. 
Yeah. They start the but, defense. But Liverpool they didn't start. get success, Rob, until they improved defense, uh, particularly the goalkeeper. Right, but you're talking Van about working, to make that, working yeah, backwards. Working backwards. I'm yeah. saying Aubameyang, the moment the ball goes past him, in this system, he, he's done. We saw examples, Lee said, of they pass the ball. You never see them the, trying to come back. The, the Watford game stands out because we did the commentary and Ozil played as a 10, as mm. a top of the diamond, but he wasn't top of the diamond. He was basically up with Aubameyang and Pepe. And the three of them, when they lost the ball, I the amount of times I, I was like, I was, I I was watching it, I was looking back and I was going, oh, they're walking. They're, and, and Emery was standing on the side going, oh, it's fine. And Maitland Niles had 2v1 and I was going, no, but poor lad. I felt mm. sorry for him. Listen, that I day. don't disagree and I see it the same, but, but <laughs> you can't... Are you going to have an Arsenal team full of average, hard-working players that will get no, in their spots well, and come back? Good it, players can a, defend a balance as well. Yeah. I, I know, yeah, but there's absolutely. a balance to be had. I'm just trying to say that defensively they could get better. No, you, those players that are in the team right now, they, they could be improved, be coaching. Yeah. You could say, so Zaka, stay, yeah. in front, stay at the moment, he's the wrong man because he's not mm. getting the best out of what he's got. Yeah. Wrong man? Yeah, no, I'd, say, I'd have to say so, yes. I asked that. you, you didn't answer it. Tell me now. Wrong man, Unai Emery. I, I'm, I'm giving him... This season, okay. I want to be really sure if he's a wrong man. Okay. I don't think he is a right guy, but it's a bit okay. early yet. I mean, they're... So basically three wrong men. OK. 5-0, <laughs> the final score. Robbie Musto, which is the bigger story, the Leicester City victory or the Newcastle United defeat? I still think Leicester City. The way that they're going now, they came out in the second half and were strong, were quick, they were ruthless, they were hungry to score more goals. Jamie Vardy, that's five now in seven Premier League appearances. Leicester are always a good side when he's scoring goals. So just continues to be... Good energy, and they're a good side, Leicester. Top six at the moment, very realistic for Leicester. Absolutely, and I've said before the game, they've got that blueprint that they're all buying into. They all love playing for, for the manager. And when things are not going quite right from they fall back into a system that they all understand. And when you've got that going on, you've got a harmonious dressing room, you've got a real chance, and they've got quality all over the pitch. Let's talk Newcastle United. Yeah, because you asked uh, Robbie Musto, you know, who's the biggest story. It should be Newcastle United, Rebecca. A club that's in shambles, I have to say. No leadership from the top. No spirit out there on the football pitch. Nothing to take away from that game. Nothing. Not one thing that you can say, well, we can work on that and that's better. This football club is headed to the championship unless something drastically changes. You agree? Totally. Totally. Adam Down is being relegated. I don't see where the goals come from. Ill-discipline with a bad tackle. Nothing in the second half. Yeah, they're, in, they're banging trouble. I yeah. agree too. OK, thank you, Lee. <laughs> Many people on social media talking about the fact that Ashley Young and David De Gea stopped because the linesman raised his flag, so they just stopped. Well, the players this season have been told to play all the way. Ignore uh, the line. The linesman shouldn't have put his flag up no, in the first place. He was, they were also told not to do that on an offside and wait for VAR. But the players are told to play to the whistle. So it is actually Ashley Young's fault, David De Gea's fault, if they did switch off and turn off um, when they saw the linesman's flag. Hard, though, because, of course, for mm. 20 years, that's what they've been doing. Um, happy enough? Um... He's never happy. I'm never happy, that's true, <laughs> that's true. I, I guess going to Old Trafford at any time and getting a point, but there's such a lack of quality in, in, in the game. that and they, and they certainly had the best of the first half, Arsenal. Um, but then they go a goal behind, they come get back into the game. So I guess, I guess Unai Emi will be happy with the performance. It was better, more solid in midfield. So out of the two teams, I think Arsenal just nudged it as far as satisfaction for the day. But... It was poor quality. So far behind Liverpool and Man City, both teams. Your biggest takeaway, Robbie Earl? Um The work and distance that these two teams have got to get back to being uh, at the top mm. of the league, Rebecca. I got the sense, and I know we, we saw a couple of chances, but 
about with 20 minutes to go, both teams almost look like that mentality, like, I'll take a draw here. I think it, it doesn't harm anybody. Both can come away thinking, well, we haven't got beat and we move on. Robbie? I mean, United's attack. I mean, Martial, of course, is, is injured. But other than that, all the, the players you'd expect to do stuff are fit and available. Pogba was back. Lingard was back. I'm not saying Arsenal looked great going forward as well. But just the lack of quality attack on the attacking side for Man United just was like, wow. The, and Graham Lasso talked about it a few times in commentary towards the end of the second half where... This is not as good as anywhere near as what you'd expect for, from a matchup with these two sides. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is the first Arsenal player to score seven or more goals in the first seven Premier League games since Dennis Bergkamp back in 97-98, your era. Let's hear from him. Over. Just a point. What do you make of that? Yeah, we take it. We take it. Uh... We were 1-0 uh, down, so we came back. I think the, the, the team fight very well today. And, uh, yeah, we take a point. We know that it's always hard to come here. And, uh, yeah, as I said, we take it. Is it even harder to come back when they score right before half-time? Yeah, of course, you know, uh, it's, it's not easy when you, you take a goal just before the half-time. You are away, so it's tough. But uh, we came back in the second half with, uh, with a great spirit. Uh, Last week we came back as well, so this week as well. We, we need to maybe uh, start with more strength, uh, more confidence, because, uh, yeah, we have power and we, we can do great things. So, yeah, that's it. You used the word strange. That's probably the best description of the goal and the way it came about. Tell us about it from your point of view. Yeah, I think uh, we, we took the, the, the ball from uh, Bukayo, gave me a great pass. I was sure that I was not offside. I was surprised that, uh, that the, the, the referee whistled, but I, I just finished as usual. I try to, to always score, even if the, the, the whistle uh, of the referee, but uh, yeah, that's it. Did you get any sense that the Manchester United players or the goalkeeper had stopped at all? Yeah, I just, uh, I just hear the, 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 the crowd uh, saying that it was offside. But, but then it was good, so yeah, I was happy. <laughs> Does it take away any of the joy, the, the delay that you have before you can properly celebrate? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, that's always a bit, uh, I don't know, it's a strange feeling, you know. Uh, you, you cannot celebrate uh, uh, 100%, you know, but uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm happy at the same time. Strange, but it got your point. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Let's hear from goalkeeper David De Gea. Just to be clear, were you or any of your other defenders distracted by the flag or the whistle? Of course, it's easier if the, if the linesman keep the, the flag down. But also we know that it's VAR behind, so if it's offside, it's offside. So nothing to do. We need to keep, keep focus on the, on the game. We give away an easy goal for them. We had the control of the, of the game, I think, so we need to, to learn from, from that mistake. As David De Gea was saying there, the players have to remember to play to the whistle. Arlo and Graham still at Old Trafford. Did you enjoy that, gentlemen? <laughs> I've seen better games between these two sides. I, I think, think it's fair it. to say. <laughs> yes. Um, the worst start for Manchester United since 1990 to a league season after seven games. Have you seen anything, and this is an extreme statement, <laughs> but have you seen anything from them this season that suggests they're anything other than an upper mid-table team. Well, I think the second half against Chelsea here, they looked like they could um, they could be a dangerous side. There was a lot of positivity in that second half performance. And I've just seen it ebb away. And tonight, I mean, obviously they're playing against a, a team that has got its own problems and got its own potential in a sense. But ultimately, when you're, you're looking at the Manchester United team at home, 
given their current situation, I just thought they were, you know, so inconsistent throughout that 90 minutes and looked sort of rudderless a bit. Um, so, no, at the moment, I can't see them finishing, you know, certainly above sort of eighth. Um, mm. If they carry on that way, they play Liverpool in a couple of weeks' time. That is a massive game for Oli and, 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 and his team. Not whether they win or lose the game, yeah. but how they perform. Because if they don't put in a performance against Liverpool, they could get absolutely ripped to shreds. Are you confident that Arsenal will finish above Manchester United? And if they do, are they good enough for the top four? Um, I, think, I think they will finish above Manchester United. I think there's, they've got less work to do in order to improve. I think they've got a better base. But both teams, for me, struggle with an identity. We talk about Manchester City, what's their style? We know that. Liverpool, what's mm. their style? We know that. Tottenham, we know what their style is, although they're not having a great time. Leicester, you know what their style exactly. is. Exactly. Both of these teams, teams, I don't know what their identity is at the moment, mm. and that's a huge concern. Ollie, what's the feeling? Two points dropped. Another one at a time that we uh, get one nil up, and then uh, we uh, don't get the second goal where, that we want to get. Because that's, that's the learning now for this team, that we uh, now... Uh, more uh, cynical, clinical, uh, both uh, ends of the pitch because uh, uh, so many games one nil up and we'll we'll learn definitely. And I think today was a, it's a steep learning curve for a few because uh, um, it's a bad goal to give away. But then again, that's um, sometimes you um, you make them passes and uh, we play out and it looks good. And today maybe it's it's a time that we learn from it. That naivety that you're referring I to. Say naivety. I don't. You can, okay. You're not going to put. Not, not cynical. Not, <laughs> not cynical. Is that perhaps a reflection? Six academy players out there tonight. Seven in total used. It is a young side. It's. It's. Uh, that's great to uh, to hear. I didn't think about how many there were, but seven. Yeah. And that's. Um, we are at the start of uh, building something, and I felt uh, today as well. We are uh, going where, uh, somewhere, and it's just a bit disappointing that we can't get that second goal. Is that also down to a lack of strikers that you have? <laughs> nah, well, uh, Anthony was injured. That's, uh, that's one striker out. That's not too, uh, too many. How fit is Marcus Rashford at the moment? 100%. He, uh, he played today uh, because he was fit and you can see he lasted the game. Uh, no reaction whatsoever, so uh, expect him to be available uh, next week as well. So what did you make of the goal you conceded? <laughs> Good finish by the boy, of course. He um, he's uh, seven now in seven games, so he's uh, he was that's clinical. No complaints about the decision itself, and also no, no, no. no. It's uh, you think at the time maybe that uh, Harry managed to get out, but no, there's uh, a few yards on side and a good finish. And I think you were saying as well, you thought your players heard a whistle, but and that's just uh, yeah, sometimes you hear a noise and you try uh, try your luck, don't you? <laughs> you certainly do. Manchester United, Robbie, are sitting in 10th. It's their worst start to a Premier League campaign after seven games. How has this happened? Well, you know, you, you sort of think of how they got to this point and, and the path from them going from Sir Alex Ferguson to right now, what worries me is nothing's changed. And what that is, is over a billion dollars spent in six years to get to a point where the manager there is saying... We're, we're rebuilding. So you spent a billion dollars in six years and you've got to almost go back to scratch to rebuild. So the cycle has been awful recruitment, changing managers, not managers that haven't been right for Manchester United. And what worries me is that Ed Woodward is still in control and the structure hasn't changed. To be fair to Arsenal, 
Raul San, San Lihai has come in as the head of football. Edu has come in as a director of football. It's not perfect, but at least they've addressed the structure of the club that has been more confident that they'll find a way to success way before Man United will, given their structure of the club. I mean, spent that billion dollars, Rob. They're almost further away from yeah. the title than they were when the day Sir Alex Ferguson left. That's the thing I can't... When I look at, at this team of Becker, I, do, I have no clue what their DNA is. What's their style? Brendan Rodgers has gone into Leicester Football Club. Within six, seven months, we know how they're going to play. Win, lose or draw. This Manchester United team today had a lack of confidence about it, which I've never known about Manchester United teams. But if you see, if you see the makeup of the team today, you know, Jeff asked him about the composition of the young players in there, which is fine. You won't win anything with kids and all that. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. We've heard that statement before. But when you look at that team now, as soon as things, you know, there's patches in that game today where they had control of the game. Mm-hmm. And then kids and younger players will lose, lose concentration. They'll lose the ball in certain areas because it's not a natural thing for them. You still need a basis of, of senior players in a group to manage all, all that. And when you look what they've spent and where, they, where they're at, it's, it's kind of embarrassing that we're talking about Manchester United in this way because they, they, are, they are rudderless. And Rebecca, to get back to a Liverpool-Man City standard, they've got to have, they've got to go and find an Aguero, a Ryan Sterling, you know, a, a, a Mo Salah and, and, and outstanding recruitment and players that have come into these clubs to make them fantastic. So the recruitment up to this point has been awful and yet United need four or five that are brilliant successful signings to get anywhere, anywhere near the top of the division again. And we're talking six years ago, easy. was it, since, since uh, the last title. Mm. It might be another six, Rebecca. We, we, you know, we might be ten years and Manchester United are still playing catch-up. You can't see either of those teams challenging. I mean challenging, like one and two going head-to-head like they used to with Arsenal. You can't mm. see either of them challenging for another five to ten years minimum. You can't, because that, that takes a huge amount mm. of spending and organisation. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.